my beautiful people in San Antonio, Texas. We know most people love animals and we are always willing to touch them. For example, when you go to a zoo, do you ever think about how it would be to pet the animals or get closer to them? I mean, to be right next to them without them being in a cage or even learning more about animals that you don't normally interact with. For instance, when you were little, did you ever dream of becoming a vet, working with animals or even fighting for animal rights? Well, today we have a really cool guest, Amanda Winter, the owner of Once in a Wild. She will explain how this is possible and how amazing it is to work with animals. Welcome to Gotcha Radio, the show where you will know everything about local businesses in San Antonio, Texas. I'm your host, Stephanie Byers. Today we have a really cool guest, Amanda Winter, that is owner of Once in a Wild. Hi, Amanda. How are you? Hello, Stephanie. Thank you for having me on the show. Of course. So tell us about yourself. Okay, well, there's a lot to tell, <laughs> and I'm doing well, by the way. Thank you for asking. Um, we're doing our very best through these hard times, but we're hanging in there. Um, so my name is Amanda Winter. I'm a San Antonio, Texas native. I was born and raised here in San Antonio, and I originally actually went to school here at San Antonio College after high school, but then I ventured away and went to Florida for my second degree, and I have a zoology degree um, that I obtained from uh, a school out in Florida. Florida. And now, currently, we actually own our own business, which you just introduced so nicely. Um, it is called Once in a Wild, and we're a mobile zoo. We're also an animal outreach, which means we can educate people about animals and bring them straight to you so you can have an interaction with them. And we also have a virtual zoo now through our live streams and Zooms. So I have about 18 years experience working with all kinds of animals from dogs and cats all the way up to um zoo animals and um i now own my own zoo which is really exciting <laughs> like how many animals do you have in total So currently we have around 70 animals. I usually round it to 70 and that does include our dogs that we do have. We do have pet dogs as well, which are not usually part of the animal programs, but I include them in the number as well because they're very special to us. They're kind of like our children. And that does also include um, all kinds of invertebrates, so bugs. So we have bugs and fish as well. So altogether it's around 70 in total for now. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> a lot. So you're the owner and your husband too, or you're the only owner or how, how is that? Yes, me and Ricky, who is my fiance, we actually were supposed to get married in June of this this year, uh, but our wedding has been moved to April of 2021 for obvious reasons. But we are, I mean, we we have been together for five years, so we are basically, well, uh, you know, a spouse. <laughs> but um, yes, we're co-founders. So Ricky is actually the, um, he's the creative director. So he designs all of our designs and our logo and helps with all the marketing. And then I am the other founder, of course, and I'm the animal specialist. I um, train the animals, take care of them, and I also do most of the presentations, including our um, virtual presentations as well. Okay. 
So mm-hmm. tell me, what do you love the most about your business? Well, we we kind of have been thinking about, you know, how to how to make this company a different experience for the people and for us and for everybody involved. Um, of course, I've been working with animals for a long time, but I kind of got inspired by other animal personalities that are very famous, like Steve Irwin and uh, Jeff Corwin and some other animal experts and things that are on TV. And I always um, knew how that affected me. And so I really wanted to kind of bring that to people as well to kind of encourage people to chase their dreams and also to bring positive experiences um, when it comes to animals that they might have apprehensions about. Like some animals not everybody likes, like I do. I I kind of forget that sometimes that not everybody loves every animal like I do. And uh, so sometimes you have to give them a positive experience. So that's always really fun to teach people new things and see their faces light up and and gain new knowledge about the animals that I love so much. And also for them to come around to accepting animals that they might have been scared of in, in, in the past. Does that make sense? <laughs> so you, you love every kind of animals. So this is like a kind of interesting and fun question. Uh, yes. What do you think about uh, the show Joe Exotic or like mm-hmm. what he was doing? Yes, I get a lot of questions about the Tiger King um, documentary. I'm actually really glad that it came out and um, people are starting to kind of see some of the other kind of darker sides of the animal keeping community. Um, of course, he is not the usual case. Um, he he and his, uh, his zoo, they're definitely not a typical zoo and not every zoo is like that for sure. Uh, I definitely don't support his work. Um, I think that the big difference between like something that we do and something that he does is, well, there's a lot of differences, um, but he definitely does not put the animals first as far as their care. Um, he's doing it to kind of get famous and um, it's more of a like a pride thing for him I think um, and it's like hey look at me I can work with tigers and tigers are dangerous and look what I can do but it's a terrible example of what typical zookeepers and animal professionals do um, he's also very irresponsible with their care and etc so what we do is we're, we're based in education we definitely don't um, own like a circus or anything like that um, we don't have the animals do anything that they wouldn't do naturally for example we have like birds that can fly but that's a natural behavior um, to see them fly you know from point A to point B for example Um, maybe the animals just come out and they're just being themselves and eating but we're never going to ask them to like jump through a fiery hoop or something like that that would put them in danger Um, and we certainly wouldn't put people in close proximity with very dangerous animals like tigers we definitely don't want to give the impression that tigers are pets and our animals even most of our animals are not very good pets for most people right so um That's another big, big difference, and it's very controversial. But again, I'm really glad that that was actually put out in the public view. That way people can see this is not what you do. This is definitely something that needs to be, uh, you know, not happening anymore. It's very old school, if you will. And hopefully people will understand the difference between him and like a good zoo, like, a um, you know, the San Antonio Zoo or something like that. It's much, much different. Yeah, I think that that kind of show, like, I think open the people's uh, eyes, you know? Like, the abuse to the animals and all of that. Mm -hmm. And then, too, like, now people, it's 
more knowledgeable about uh, how to take her the, the animals, but also yeah. like how people can can no take care of them at all. Absolutely. And another thing, um, the other thing that I wanted to bring up too is his mistreatment of people as well. And that's something that um, we never ever want to do as a small company is either take advantage of people and have them just work for free and um, be mistreated and abused themselves because it's about the people as well. We want to make sure it's a safe place to work and, you know, safe for the animals, safe for the humans, safe for the guests as well. We want to make sure that everything is done properly. So... So tell me, which kind of animals do you have on the zoo, on your zoo? So the best thing about Once in a Wild is our variety. So we do have birds, we have mammals, which right now we have smaller mammals just because of um, where we have to have them right now. We actually have them at home. <laughs> so everything is here at our home, which actually worked out really well during this crisis because I don't have to go anywhere. I can take care of everybody here from quarantine, <laughs> which was wonderful. Um, but right now we don't have a ton of space. That's something we're working our way up to since we're new. We would love to have some acreage and, and large space for larger mammals but we have birds mammals we have reptiles we are that's probably our biggest variety is our reptiles we're very passionate about them and we also have amphibians so like frogs and newts and salamanders and we also have bugs so we have our invertebrates which are things like spiders scorpions and bugs <laughs> so we have a pretty wide variety of all kinds of things so usually you have like a like a special space for them but now with the covid There are, you move all the animals to your house, right? Well, we already have them here at home and we just operate out of our home. We're a home zoo, a home business. <laughs> um, okay. So we did not move because of COVID, but it worked out really well timing wise because what had happened was the last job, brick and mortar job I had at some at another place was working at Dallas Zoo. I worked as a zookeeper and animal trainer in their animal shows at Dallas Zoo, which was a lot of fun. Um, but that was the last job I had before once in a while. So I was there in Dallas and it just so happened that Like a year before COVID happened, we decided to move back home to San Antonio. We love San Antonio. We missed it. We missed our families. Um, me and Ricky did. And so we moved back home and we kind of thought, you know, what are we going to do once I move? Are we going to, you know, am I going to go back to San Antonio Zoo? Am I going to go work at SeaWorld? Like, what am I going to do? Um, so it, long, long story short, we've been thinking about it for a while and we decided to open up the once in a while. So we ended up moving um, back into my family home that I grew up in and that's where we are now. But then COVID happened, so we just didn't move yet. But we do plan to move um, to a more, yeah, I would say more appropriately sized place. But for now, we're actually right here at home and we're operating out of our home. <laughs> so that's what happened. So for how long you have been open? We, you know what, I should know the exact date, but I really don't because it feels like a long time of preparing in my brain uh, for this company. But we've been open a little over a little over a year. But of course, since COVID happened, we've been a little slower lately. Yeah, I bet. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> so explain us a little bit about your services because I I saw like uh, you have of course the the petting zoo or mobile zoo to kids events, but also with all the COVID, you've mm -hmm. been doing like, the virtual zoom, and I saw like you have different kind of of virtual zoos. 
Absolutely. We actually do have quite a few services and we already did before this happened, um, before COVID happened and we had to go into kind of human quarantine, if you will, and be away from humans. Um, but we do currently offer our Zoom room animal encounters, which are really fun. So basically we use the Zoom platform. Everybody is pretty familiar with Zoom now. <laughs> and we can use other platforms too if, if a customer has a preference on what they want to do. But we can provide a um, basically like a little mini TV show that's custom to you and you can interact with us through Zoom. And um, a lot of classrooms have used us um, at the end of the school year last year, which was really fun. So that was really appropriate for classrooms because they were virtual too at the time, right? <laughs> so that worked out really well. And we also have done a lot of birthday parties and office visits through Zoom as well, where people can kind of take a break and see some animals and learn about them. But we also do offer um, in-person animal encounters through um, either family parties, um, we do classroom encounters, of course, where we take the animals to the class and we can teach about them in person or virtually, like I said. Um, we can actually take the animals for animal therapy as well once we're able to do that again, um, which entails basically animals hanging out with people more casually, less less talking, more touching <laughs> kind of thing. It's still educational if they want to hear about the animals. I'm always open to talk about them. I can talk for a long time about animals. Um, but um, we have certain animals which are very, very tame and very um, safe to touch and hold and have a great positive experience with. We have several of them. Um, and then we can also offer, like I said, office visits too are really fun in person as well. So we offer all kinds of things, even photo shoots too. We've done a lot of photo um, kind of supplementary photo sessions or kind of adding to someone's experience with whatever they're doing for their event, etc. where we just have the animals and people can come by and meet them and take photos and things like that. So we offer all kinds of things. But right now, our main... Um, kind of thing we've been doing lately is the Zoom rooms and also we do um, our own live stream over on Facebook and YouTube right now. We have a YouTube channel and a Facebook that we do our live streams for free every single Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. That's another thing we offer as well. <laughs> oh, that sounds pretty cool, especially with the kids at home all the time now. I know. So <laughs> So you talk about like uh, animal therapy. Could you tell me a little bit more about like the benefits, how that that uh, works, like how how the animal could help someone? There are so many ways that an animal helps somebody through um, through just being there. So even even just looking at animals actually makes you calmer. It makes you kind of get back to nature and kind of forget your troubles a little bit, which is really important. Um, but also some animals just by touching them and kind of feeling them and everything else and feeling their presence is really calming and soothing and can be, again, another way to get back to nature, especially if we're inside all the time. That's another kind of... Uh, bummer right now with being in quarantine and whatnot is just being indoors all the time and we kind of forget about nature and things but um, we also do offer animal therapy in the sense of we are basically getting people over their fears of animals if you would so a lot of people are afraid of things like snakes or tarantulas etc some people are afraid of birds and some people are afraid of all kinds of animals so we do offer very very positive experiences with certain very special animals that we do have that are very safe and very um, calm <laughs> and that has helped so many people in a therapeutic 
therapeutic way, in my opinion, to kind of get over their fears. It's something we, we actually specialize in. I've been doing that for a long, long time is teaching people about snakes and spiders, etc. And uh, giving them very positive experiences, even if it's just being in the same room with them that can actually help people. So there are many aspects to animal therapy that are very beneficial. But my favorite, honestly, besides the, um, the kind of getting people over their fears of animals they aren't familiar with, or maybe they are scared of, um, is actually in hospitals and nursing homes. So I think bringing animals to um, either the elderly or just people that don't have access to animals very often is very, very important as well, because everybody needs a good experience with them. Yes. Mm -hmm. And now we're talking about the fears, like, mm -hmm. for example, I'm, I have a huge phobia to snakes. I oh. can't even see a picture of a snake. So <laughs> how would you manage a person with a phobia to snakes or reptiles? Well, we never ever try to bring animals as a shock value. That's another big difference we are between um, us and like other companies like Tiger King, for example. I think he's all about the shock value. He wants people to be like, oh my gosh, look at the tiger. We're, we're more, I mean, it's nothing wrong with being excited about an animal, that's fine. But we would never put somebody through an experience and startle you with an animal or throw them at you or scare you on purpose anyway, um, with an animal um, if we knew that you were a little bit nervous around them. So we would probably start you very, very slow with a very calm, easy moving animal Um, there are some species that are very, very slow and don't really do much. Um, maybe we start you with a lizard and then see how you feel about the lizard. And then you, maybe you can touch the lizard <laughs> a little bit while we hold them and we'll move your way up. But it's really all dependent on your um, preference and what you feel comfortable with. We would never put you through um, something that you're uncomfortable with. One really good thing about the virtual encounters is you are not near the snake, right? You're actually uh, you're just looking at them through a virtual uh, screen. <laughs> so that's maybe one way for you that you could start learning about them. I know you said you can't even look at them, but maybe you could just learn about them and kind of look off to the side <laughs> and, uh, and just start getting used to it and ease your way into it. But the best thing to do is to actually learn about the animals that you're scared of and have experiences with them. Otherwise, you're just avoiding it and that's never going to get you over your fear. <laughs> that's what I recommend. <laughs> I will try it because I know like my husband, my husband loves snakes. Oh, very good. <laughs> my little one, she's, she's really curious now about like uh, animals and before oh, wow. when we went to, to the zoo, like she likes to go and see the snakes with my husband and I just wait outside for them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that I will try it. So I, for I example, it. Anna, uh, <laughs> yeah, on a event for kids, do mm -hmm. you did you bring like the snakes too or absolutely? So unless, unless people have specific unless people have specific requests for the animals that they want to attend, which is perfectly fine. We always offer that. So within reason, we're going to try to meet everybody's requests. If they just, if they only want a rabbit and they just want to see a rabbit, we'll bring a rabbit. You know, <laughs> if they only want to see lizards, we'll bring some lizards. I had some people the other day, actually, that only wanted snakes. So the other day we actually did a very small gathering uh, for a, a little girl's birthday. I think she was seven. 
and uh, she was super into snakes. So she was the opposite. <laughs> she only wanted snakes. <laughs> and it was so funny. So absolutely, we do have many snake individuals that are very, very calm and very good for handling. And even if um, maybe one particular animal isn't necessarily going to be touched or handled by the public, um, I can still handle them and present them. And that way they can see the animal. For example, we do have animals like ferrets. Our ferrets are not really very good with other people, for example. Um, they're still learning. They're very young ferrets, <laughs> um, but they're kind of wild. So I usually just hold them and have people look at them as opposed to, you know, everybody just holding everything. So it really just depends. We want to keep everybody safe. But absolutely, if I'm going to hand you or, or uh, have you touch an animal or something like that, it's going to be a very, very calm, safe animal. I would never put you through anything dangerous. And that goes for all of our guests. But yes, snakes are a frequent visitor to parties because honestly, they're the easiest ones <laughs> to deal with, to be honest with you. So how was your first event uh, or first time doing this with Once in a Wild? Hmm. You know what? I'm trying to think back to what our first event was. Maybe it'll dawn on me. Um, honestly, though, I have been doing this for so long. I don't know if you can tell, but I love talking about animals. And <laughs> I, I honestly, I'm not shy. I've been working um, as a public speaker, presenter, animal trainer for a long time. And even before that, I, I enjoy like singing in public and stuff like that. Um, so I'm trying to think back to specifically what Once in a Wild's first event was um but they're kind of running together but i had a few of them kind of right in a row um we did a lot of kind of um pro bono events with without being paid at first because we were trying to just you know get our name out there and let people know that we even exist which is still honestly our biggest challenge right now is just letting people know that we're here we're able to do virtual and in person um etc so that's kind of the main purpose of doing that sort of thing is just getting out there but we did a few um like where we would be out just kind of promoting ourselves etc but i mean honestly nothing this is what i want to do for the rest of my life so this does not make me nervous i'm not i don't have any apprehensions i want everything to go well and i'm always professional and trying to make sure everything is is you know, in line for the presentation and whatnot and being on time and everything that stresses me out more than more than doing the show. But honestly, it's fine. Yeah, like like I've been doing it so long. <laughs> so it went like fine. That, this is a real passion. Yes, it is. <laughs> it sure is. So what do you love most about being a woman in business? Oh my goodness. That's a hard question because you know, I'm not a man, so I can't tell you the difference. Um, but I think it's really awesome to be an inspiration. Like I said at the beginning of our interview here, um, just to inspire other people. Um, I do think that women are definitely prominent in the animal care field now, but back in the old days, which I mean, you know, maybe 10, 20 years ago, it was mostly men in the animal care field. It was like Steve Irwin and Jeff Corwin, all these famous people, which is, you know, nothing wrong with that. David Attenborough is another very famous um, naturalist, if you will. And they're all wonderful people and some of my heroes, um, but it's really cool. For example, I don't know if you are familiar with Steve Irwin's family, but who's taking over right now is Steve Irwin's daughter <laughs> and um, his daughter is Bindi Irwin and, and also his son too who's Robert Irwin all of the family is wonderful but it's kind of neat to see women in this field and also 
being viewed as a woman who's educated and a woman who can handle bugs and handle snakes and get dirty. And I'm not just sitting here with, you know, my nails done and stuff like that. I really don't ever get my nails done because that's kind of ridiculous in my field. Um, but no, no hate to anybody that does. That's your thing. But I, it's neat to kind of go against. Um, and I've been doing that all my life, you know, kind of since I was a little girl running around outside and finding snakes and spiders and loving them instead of running away or squashing them. You know what I mean? So I think it's neat to be kind of a, a different image of a girl. <laughs> um, what does it mean to be a girl? I think we're a lot stronger than people think. And I think that that's definitely becoming more common. It's also really awesome to inspire really anyone that has a dream. It doesn't matter if you're a woman or a man, or if you are um, black, white, whatever, you know, you can do anything you want. And don't let anybody tell you that you have to do a certain job. Like you don't, you can do whatever you want. As long as you work hard, you're going to make it happen. So I think it's just inspiring people. Um, as the woman aspect of it, but I'm, I'm just going to do whatever I want. I would not do well working in an office, sitting at a computer all day. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> I would be happy. So I know that about myself anyway. <laughs> well, that's great to know. And what is the best, uh, the best advice you have been given? That is a really good question. I, I, I'm very blessed to have had a lot of support in my life. Um, whatever I decided to do, my first degree was actually in fine art and photography. And I'm still a photographer. I love to take photos, but I decided after trying that career that I didn't really like it as a job. I love photography and I love being an artist and expressing myself in that way. And I love music and I love movies and everything else. So I thought maybe I would kind of go that direction, but I always love animals. So during school, the first time I went to school at San Antonio College, I worked in a veterinary clinic and I knew that I didn't necessarily want to be a vet because I did not have any interest in the medical aspect of it, but it's a good job to start learning about animals. And I was 18 years old, I was 18 years old. That was my first job <laughs> working in the vet clinic and it was very educational for and opened my eyes to a lot of the, the hard work that people, I mean, vets and technicians and nurses for that matter and doctors are some of the hardest working humans in the world. Um, but anyway, I, I kind of, I, I just, you know, I kind of oh, was that you or me? <laughs> I kind of yeah, changed. Sorry. No, you're fine. It's okay. I kind of changed my mind. So... Um, I've been given so much advice and support throughout the years, what I was trying to tell you, uh, whatever I decided to do with my life, my parents are really supportive. My family in general was always supportive. I have a very small family. So luckily they didn't make me feel like I had to be, you know, a doctor or a lawyer or anything like that. They, they said, do whatever you want. My dad's an artist and my mom's a school teacher. So they understand. And, um, but then when I, I decided to change careers over, you know, it was just a huge, It was a huge kind of decision. But that being said, I think the best advice I've been given was from my dad. And he, he told me, he said, don't ever take advice or follow anybody's example that you don't want to be like. You want to find people that you do want to be like and who are a good example of a human, not just in their success in a job. You know, that's not all that success is. Um, it, it doesn't matter if they're rich or poor. You find somebody that's a good person and you follow their advice. And then, you know, if you see them, you know, following their own advice and doing what they preach, then you should follow them. So that's what I've always kind of done is um, I don't follow advice from people I don't want to be like, <laughs> because actions speak louder than words, don't they? 
So I think that's it. <laughs> I think that's a really good advice. <laughs> Me too. I think so too. And that's very, um, that can be applied to a lot of your life experiences. Like you're going to meet so many people and you have to be very careful of who you listen to. So going back to advice, you want to, you want to follow somebody's advice that, that you see them and they're a person that you want to be. I think that's important. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, um, so you say that you're from San Antonio. Mm -hmm. What do you love the most about San Antonio? Well, I certainly love everything about San Antonio. Um, I w man, I had such a, a fun childhood because um, I got to go to SeaWorld and the zoo and everything else growing up almost every weekend. As you might imagine, I loved animals from the beginning. So my grandmother and my parents would always take me out to those places and uh, let me enjoy the animals, etc. But um, I love the culture here. I actually did move away, like I mentioned, to Florida. I moved to Dallas. I've lived in Corpus Christi. I have lived <laughs> in several places. I've lived in Georgia as well, long story short. I've lived in a few different cities and honestly there's no place like san antonio um it's such a good balanced city it's overall has such a, a nice uplifting culture very friendly um i love the hispanic culture my fiance ricky is from mexico so we we frequent mexico and we can as soon as this is over we'll be going back to visit family and things um and we absolutely love the culture here we love the food um And I mean, it's just kind of an overall place. I just want to stay now, now that I've been other to other cities. <laughs> I definitely prefer living here. And there, there are other places all over the world that I absolutely love too. But San Antonio is definitely home for me and it feels like home. And it was nice to be home once we moved back. <laughs> yeah, and also, like you said, your family is here too. So always is important to keep family close. That is so important to you. You're right. And we, I have a very small family now and it's honestly just me and my mom and dad. And then I have an uncle and that's it right now for us, for our immediate family. Um, we have many, many friends though that also live here and we have a lot of, um, you know, colleagues and friends that live in San Antonio and Texas in general. Uh, but yes, it's nice to be back here so I can be close to family. And now uh, we're really close to family because we all live in the same house. I don't know if I mentioned that, but this is my family home. And um, when I grew up, there were six of us in the house. And now it was just my mom and dad. And they actually invited us in once we moved and we haven't left. <laughs> so we're all together, which is wonderful. We can actually see each other through all this craziness. <laughs> So how they are managing like uh, to have the, the animals there, does they like them? Or yes, they like, do. Uh, luckily, luckily they do. And we're, we're always very respectful and ask them, you know, is everything okay? Are you, you know, I try to keep everything very, very uh, organized and clean. <laughs> um, and we have people over to come see it. And I think everybody's kind of surprised at how clean it is and nice. And, uh, but the house um, is pretty large. Like I said, there were six of us when we grew up, when I grew up here. Um, my grandparents, my aunt, my mom and dad and me all lived here. And uh, they unfortunately have all passed away except for my parents and myself and um so they invited us in with open arms and they they knew that you know we just needed somewhere to be before we found our dream uh property for our zoo <laughs> and um it ended up you know this crisis happened so it's not a good time to move or spend money on that so <laughs> they they absolutely told us it was totally fine but my dad is actually an artist so he works out of the home too so he understands you know being kind of a 
out of the box type entrepreneur, if you will. Um, he has his own art studio here at the house. And that's where I actually do all of my um, live streams and Zoom rooms is here in the art studio where I'm sitting right now. And uh, so we share it and uh, we're very close and he, he's more than happy to help in that way. And anyway, honestly, they're very, like I said, they're very supportive and I'm very lucky to have them. But they, they weren't necessarily like animal experts or animal people. I, that was all me growing up. I wanted to, to do that. And like I said, I, I ventured off to photography, but then came back to animals and um, they they definitely were interested, but I'm, I'm, I'm the only one that's in the biology, zoology field in my family. So it's kind of interesting. But my mom is actually a school teacher. She's retired now, but she was a school teacher for many years. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> so they're very supportive. <laughs> that's That's great. That's great because I, I bet it's not like that easy to take no. care of that, uh, that too many animals. It is definitely so. not easy. It's definitely something I love doing, but you are so right. It is not an easy job. Even working at a zoo or aquarium or wherever or anything, vet clinic pet store <laughs> i've done all of it pet sitting i've done everything horse horse training it's very hard work so i i do currently because of covid i only have one person helping me right now um who volunteers her time and she's wonderful and helps me a lot but other than that it's me and ricky and my parents are just here for support and they do what they do and, and that's it but there's a lot to do i never stop <laughs> Well, that's cool that you have a, someone to volunteer because like that you make sure that uh, that you share that passion, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You have to share a passion for animals like you. Yes, it's, I have so many friends and colleagues that are in the same field. Unfortunately, a lot of them had either had to quit their jobs or have lost their job due to COVID, which is very unfortunate um, because of the money situation that most zoos are facing. And that's one thing that we're, you know, we're facing the hardships too, but we're also really grateful that I didn't have to lose a job either. So that's one good thing. So what keeps you motivated? Oh my goodness, that's a that's a golden question right there. I wish I knew. <laughs> I think it's different things all the time. Um, I really love what I do, obviously. Um, I have to get up in the morning and take care of all my critters, right? So uh, I have to get up and check on every single one of them and feed them and make sure everybody's happy, trained. Um, we give them enrichment, which is like fun things to do every day for most of our animals, get new enrichment every day and at least once a week, etc. So it's a lot to think about. Um, I've had to reorganize everything because I'm running everything it's for the most part like I said I have some help but I'm running everything so I have to kind of organize all my thoughts and like our, our processes and everything when you own your own zoo it's totally different than following someone else's you know rules <laughs> so I had to come up with all of that but it's been really fun um, I like that aspect of it I just don't have enough time. I think the time is like the one thing I want more of, or maybe just another another helper or something. Uh, but uh, what keeps me motivated is just I don't know. It's it's something new every day. I feel like it's it's either you know this animal over here needs something, or um, this animal is doing really well on their training progress, and so I'm really excited about that, and, and you know excited to see that. Or you know it's just the next program I'm doing or, or event that I'm doing today. We actually have our, our live stream at 6 30 PM tonight. So I'm excited for that. Um, 
I'm always learning something, which is probably my favorite aspect about this type of field is we're always learning. I'm always researching. Every single day is different, (laughs) Uh, you know, for the most part. But motivation, I would say just looking to the future. We're really excited about things to come. We know this is just the beginning and this year has been just the worst ever, but we have a lot of things to be thankful for as well. And um, so I think being excited for the next, you know, for the next step, there's always something to improve about this kind of job and any job really. Right. But but I think that keeps me motivated and I I just love the animals. I love being around them. I can't imagine not doing something with animals in my life. So that keeps me motivated, I think. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> yes, it's almost like having a farm. Like, I feel like a farmer. I wake up, you know, try to wake up early. Not every single day. Some days I do sleep in a little bit because I need the rest. Uh, but I try to wake up and get all the jobs done. Have so many things to do every day. <laughs> what has been the most proudest moment of your life? I think on your list of questions, that was my hardest <laughs> question but I'll try um, there's so many things I'm grateful to say that I'm proud of and um, I think being an only child <laughs> I'm very independent but also very social so <laughs> that's that's kind of strange about me I don't know many only children that are like that uh, where I love interacting with people but I can also be alone and that's fine too <laughs> you know um, but I, I think I am very proud of myself kind of realizing I was in the wrong field initially, right? So I went into um, school right out of high school, which a lot of people do this. A lot of people go to high school and they think, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to, you know, whatever. <laughs> My idea was to be a photographer for National Geographic. That was going to be what I wanted to do. I just wanted to be on my own and travel and everything else and work for them. Um, it turns out that's very, very competitive. So Mm -hmm. I'm not really a competitive person. I want everybody to get along. I don't like to debate on things. Um, I do like to inform people, but I don't like to argue and I don't like to be in competition with someone else. I want everybody to be happy. (laughs) I'm a peacemaker and whatnot. Uh, And I get along with everyone. But just being in that kind of competitive photography field that didn't make me happy. And it was very disappointing. But I, um, through the years, I kind of just like gave up on school and I started just working job to job and I never, ever thought I would go back to school because I'm a good student, but I have to work really hard. Um, and I usually work and go to school. So that's a lot. It's a lot on your plate. So, um, I was really overwhelmed (laughs) and eventually I just said, okay, you know what, but I really want to go back into the animal field, but I wasn't able to get a job doing what I wanted. I was able to work at vet clinics and I was able to work at this and that, but I really wanted to work at the zoo. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to work with exotic animals. So I heard about this school that was over in Florida. It's in Gainesville, Florida, um, which is the home of the University of Florida. But I actually went to another school there called the um, Santa Fe College Teaching Zoo. And they it's Santa Fe College, but they have a teaching zoo, which is basically a trade school for <laughs> zookeepers and animal professionals that want to work with exotic animals. So I thought, oh my goodness, that would be crazy if I could get into that program. And I got in. <laughs> I had to write like a letter of why I wanted to be there. And um, the program is really really hard so it's a trade school so they make you work (laughs) and you are working and going to school and whatever you have to do to get through it and for example we actually it's a small small group that gets in 
but it went from about, and I'm just quoting verbatim, so don't quote me on the exact numbers, but it's about 150 students that got accepted and about 35 graduated, including myself. Oh, wow. So I did graduate and I worked really hard to do what I wanted to do. <laughs> and um, I even got a job before I graduated because I was able to get my resume ready and everything else. And uh, But I was really proud of myself for not just completing school, but going back to school a little older because I was in my late 20s, surrounded by a bunch of 17 and 18 year old kids and Mm -hmm. um, but I think that that helped me I think it was really really good for me to have that experience already like the work field experience I've been working since I was 17 or 18 years old Um, and I just having all of that on my plate (laughs) sorry so the school for how long uh, I didn't know it that it's like a like a special uh, school yes for how long do you had to to study. So for that program, it was two and a half years and they could have um, uh, spread it out to four years because it's the equivalent of three to four years of college, but they, they basically put it in boot camp form and it's like a fast track trade school program. But the amount of classes and everything else was absolutely full-time classes and full-time work. So we never stopped. <laughs> and um, so it was, it, was, it was very much like zoo boot camp and it was really hard. I'm really glad I did it, but I was really stressed <laughs> when I was in that program, but I wasn't about to fail. So <laughs> I got through, yay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a special There's actually two schools in the nation and here in the United States um, that are similar to that. There's the one I went to in Florida and there's one in California as well. So I picked Florida because California is really expensive to live there. (laughs) So I picked the the Florida one and I'm glad I did because I met a lot of my best friends there at school as well. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. I'm pretty proud of that. I'm proud of going back to school. (laughs) (laughs) I think your proudest moment of your life was like to realize that photography wasn't your thing and I think that's awesome that you even like keep looking and you find what you actually wanted like you find your passion of the life you know I did and what made me realize that I really wanted to work around animals and in a certain type of place was when I worked at SeaWorld I worked at SeaWorld before I went to school went back to school Um, I worked there I forget what year, but I was, it was right before I decided to kind of change my life again. (laughs) Um, And I I was in such a positive environment and it was so wonderful working there and and seeing what they do for the animals and just being in that very professional uh, exotic animal field. I was just so admirable of all the, you know, all the people were so, I was admiring them and I really wanted to do that. And I applied to like 10 or 12 jobs working there that other than the job I was doing, because I was working there too, but I was a tour guide. (laughs) there and um, I I did some animal stuff but not very much not as much as I wanted and I couldn't get a job because I didn't have a degree in biology or anything like that so it's very competitive to work at SeaWorld at least it was back then and uh, you can't get a job unless you have a certain kind of degree so I was like I kind of gave up for a while and then I I heard about this school so I decided to change I was like but I definitely want to do something like that (laughs) with my life (laughs) Very cool. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what advice would you give to another woman starting oh business or to not exactly woman, like uh, another person who wants to start uh, an own business? I would, I mean, all the things that I've already said, which is 
you can do whatever you want within reason, as long as you have a passion and you're going to have to work really hard. So just be ready to lose some sleep and um, kind of you're going to have to be a jack of all trades. But that being said, you have to ask for help. So whether or not you're paying somebody or you are not paying somebody and just getting advice, you're going to have to ask for so much help. That's one thing that I struggle with is I'm very independent. So I like to do everything on my own, (laughs) but I can't. There's no way that I can successfully do all of this on my own by myself. So I have to learn how to um, ask for help. And if it's not good advice, you don't take the advice, but at least they gave you advice. You know what I mean? And you can take it how you will. Um, But you're going to have to, if you don't know something, I don't know much about um, accounting or business, you know, per se, etc. But I have to ask for help and see what I can, you know, learn from somebody else that has experiences. You definitely want to go to somebody that is doing something similar, um, see what mistakes they made and what advice they have for you. So that's definitely what I would say for people opening up their own business. Anyone, woman, man, anyone (laughs) all over the world, (laughs) you're going to have to ask for help and get advice. I think that's the part, like the most difficult part for every entrepreneur. Mm hmm. To, to ask for help. I agree because it's very overwhelming and you can burn out and give up easily. And I've, I've thought about it. I'm not going to lie. I've thought about giving up. I don't want to give up, but it's really hard and you get so tired, but you have to just take some time for yourself. You have to designate your job to someone else for a little bit and take some time off <laughs> and breathe and relax and sleep <laughs> because I don't do very much of that these days. So I have to remind myself to do that. Like your business is like a like your little baby. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. No? Uh, uh, what has been your greatest obstacle in the business? Um, definitely what we just talked about, which is kind of figuring out how to manage everything. You know, per se, on my own. <laughs> it's definitely not on my own. I have a lot of help, but. Uh, organizing all of that, organizing my time, trying to figure out when I'm going to sleep and when I still have time for my family because I still have to see Ricky and I still have to spend time with my friends and um, otherwise they're going to disown me. (laughs) So I don't want to do that. Um, Balancing all of that is really hard, but my main challenge is stuff like accounting, um, booking, billing, things like that. I have to, um, not, not necessarily booking. I can do anything when it comes to like writing and booking and, and staying organized. I'm pretty good about that part, but numbers are really hard for me. I'm not a good person in math. <laughs> so I definitely have to have help with um, bookkeeping is what I meant to say. Bookkeeping and accounting and, you know, all of that money managing. That's very challenging for me. So that's something I'm still learning <laughs> for sure. But all of it, all of it is a challenge. It's it's all one big challenge. <laughs> Well, how how hard was to to buy or rescue the animals? That's a good question. So it's really fun to talk about all of them because there's so many of them, right? There's around 70, including the insects and the fish and the the dogs. (laughs) Um, Every single animal has their own story, which is really fun. And that reminds people that every animal is an individual, just like every human is an individual. They all have their personalities, even one snake over here and the same snake of the same species have totally different personalities. Um, And 
and every single one has different stories. So many of our animals are what we like to refer to as rescues um, or rehomed animals. So rescue is kind of a wide spectrum. People like to throw the word rescue around a lot, right? We rescued them, um, which is fine. That's a, that's an appropriate word. <laughs> uh, but every animal has their own story. Sometimes the animal wasn't necessarily in danger or something like that from you know, uh, we rescued them from danger, but maybe the, the animal couldn't be taken care of anymore by their current owner or person that was taking care of them. So they offered them up to rehome them. And we have many, many animals like that. We have so many animals that people say, hey, can you, can you take care of my lizard? Can you take care of my guinea pig? Can you this and that? And if we can, and it's a good fit for what we do, then we say yes, <laughs> and we can. Um, we have many animals, I would say at least half of them are actually some kind of story like that. And then a few other ones are just obtained from different places, such as um, responsible breeders or places like that. Um, so it really just depends. Sometimes we're kind of looking for a specific animal and we have to research and find them. It's definitely a challenge uh, depending on the animal. Some animals are extremely expensive, not just to purchase, but to house and take care of. And some animals are not. So it really just depends. <laughs> but we have many animals that we've kind of adopted, if you will, into um, into our our place <laughs> and uh, a lot of them I would say some of my absolute favorites are actually rescues rescue animals which is really fun <laughs> does ever everyone comes and tell you hey I'm going on vacation could you pet sitting my <laughs> snake or my lizard or did you ever have that that kind of situation um, nowadays not so much because I think people are aware that I don't really have the time to take on you know another pet sitting job I certainly cannot go to somebody's house and pet sit um, I have on occasion actually had animals just over here but we have to be careful with that because of um, bringing in contamination from other animals we don't want to make our animals sick right so we're very careful about bringing in new animals when new animals come in we have to usually quarantine them before they're with the, the rest of the collection depending on the situation and the animal uh, but yeah that was actually my first job if you will growing up was pet sitting I grew up riding horses when I was I don't know in middle school and all the way up and um, people saw how responsible I was even as a young lady <laughs> and they would ask me to come over and take care of all their horses which was so much fun I mean can you imagine being 15 years old and someone just lets you stay over with all their horses and taking care of I mean, it was so much fun um, and I got paid <laughs> but yes I've, I've been doing that for a long time Nowadays, not so much just because I am so busy, but yes, I've done that almost my whole life, taking care of other people's animals. And I give a lot of advice on people's animal care. That's one of my favorite things to do. And I forgot to mention that as I'm actually an animal care um, uh, consultant as well. And I do offer that service as well. Do you do that like a uh, consultant like uh, often on schools? I can consult to anyone. So a lot of people will call us and ask for animal care advice. Most of the time, I just offer it as a free extra thing I do. But I have done that professionally as well, just to kind of consult with um, especially pets. So a lot of people do have pets, which are equally as important as wild animals, in my opinion. I think pets are, you know, they're not toys. They need to be taken care of very well. I think that's very, very important. Another passion of mine. I've always been passionate about pets. Um, and um, a lot of people ask us, even on our live stream, encounters that we do on Facebook and whatnot and YouTube um, people ask a ton of advice about rabbits and guinea pigs and lizards and all birds all kinds of animals and I'm more than happy to help them um, but I have done it professionally as well where I can come over and actually um, assess the situation and give advice on the diet of the animal and the housing I mean anything you can think of I'm more than happy to help 
So it's possible to train a snake or a lizard, like you train a dog, you know? It is, it is possible. Yeah, that's a great question. That's a great question. Any animal is trainable. Not every animal is going to be able to do what a dog or a horse does, of course. We can't expect uh, a lizard to be a cat, for example. They're, they're not the same. Um, but animals can be trained to do what they're capable of doing. And some animals really never come around to being around people. Some animals are more shy and they just want to be left alone and that's okay. But they can still be trained to be calm or to, um, you know, all kinds of things that they can do. Uh, fish can be trained as well. I've seen all kinds of people that work with fish and uh, whatnot. They have trained uh, fish. I used to work with stingrays. Stingrays are one of my favorite animals and they are very smart and can be trained very well. Every animal has something they want. And so we basically just train them by positive reinforcement usually, right? And um, we'll, we'll train them by giving them some, something they want for asking or asking them to do something we want and they get something that they want, if that makes sense. So it's just kind of a trade-off. <laughs> but yes, they can. They can be trained. Some lizards are very smart, almost like dogs, to answer your question. So really oh. smart. Like, yeah, like, I, that was like just curious, like, huh, could of you course. actually come in and... I'm pretty sure a lot of people asked you this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, thank you so much to be here with us. Um, please tell us your website, your social media, and repeat us about uh, the YouTube channel, the name, and the hour of streaming, please. Absolutely. And my pleasure. And I thank you for having me on here, Stephanie. I really, really appreciate that. Um, so you guys can find us, anybody can find us at onceinawild.com. Super easy website to remember. Once in a Wild is our company. Um, onceinawild.com has all of our social media links, but we are primarily on Facebook, Instagram. Um, we are also on YouTube. YouTube is one place that you can watch all of our previous live streams and all of our content that we've update or that we've uploaded to YouTube, which is really fun. Um, we are asking that everybody subscribe to us on YouTube because that's one of our newest endeavors there. Um, but YouTube is just Once in a Wild. You can find us on there, but all of the links are found at onceinawild.com. So every Wednesday as well, we do a live stream uh, virtual encounter at 6.30 p.m. Central Time here in Texas, right? <laughs> and um, so that's 6.30 on Wednesday, which is today. We're going to have one uh, coming up. And that is on Facebook and YouTube. I know not everybody has Facebook, so we offer that on both platforms. And like I said, all the videos are uploaded to YouTube afterwards. So you can watch all the ones that we've done. We've done over, over 30 live streams already. And um, let's see, what else? You guys can call us or email us, which you can find at onceinawilds.com. Our phone number is there. Um, you can schedule a virtual Zoom room, which is a private Zoom um, animal encounter with all the animals that you choose to participate with me, of course. <laughs> and you'll learn all about them and get to experience them virtually. And if you're here in town in San Antonio or surrounding cities like Austin is fine, etc. Um, we can come to you as well. Right now we're doing small groups, but we're working our way up to bigger groups, of course, as COVID settles down. And uh, we are offering the in-person animal encounters to the San Antonio and surrounding cities area. So please give us a call. Go to onceinawild.com and you can find my number. Do you have some uh, of the prices on your website? Or oh, that depends on the event. 
prices. So the prices are going to be a case by case basis. Um, but I will tell you right now that our virtual encounters start at $100 an hour and our in-person uh, animal encounters are $300 per hour. But everything is a case by case custom basis. So please give us a call if you're interested and we'll work with your budget. Okay. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, please go and check it out and watch them tonight and have fun with the family, the kids. I'm really sure everyone is going to love it. Yes, and we love to interact with our viewers because it's an interactive event. We use a special app which can allow us to highlight your comments and questions. And then I try to answer everybody's questions on the live stream. So again, we're doing that every Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. And we also have other live streams that pop up. We do collaborations and everything else on different times. So please stay tuned to Facebook and YouTube and Instagram if you want to keep up with what we're doing um, every single week. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're very welcome, Stephanie. Thank you. We suggest that children are always supervised by adults who can guide kids to be respectful of animals. If you know of animals being abused, please report to the corresponding authorities. Thank you to be here with us today. And remember, we are Got Your Radio and we are here for you. Thank you to listen our local podcast. Remember, this is a, a space that we create to support local businesses. So if you want to get interviewed or you want us to go and interview one of your favorite local businesses, please let us know. You can find us at gotjabbusiness.com slash radio. And also you can join our Facebook group Got your radio San Antonio. And remember, we are Got Your Radio and we are here for you.